0: to the Jogo Bonito Football Social. With me, Chris, uh, been a while, but we thought we'd corral the troops together to talk about an interesting topic, something that isn't being covered in the media, and that is the Premier League midfield market. Lots of clubs, specifically in the top eight, need either midfield cover, midfield rotation, or midfield upgrade, depending on their circumstance, and we thought we'd have a good crack at it. Joining me today is Anshiman Joshi. Hello, Anj hello 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 and we have seb how are you seb hello hello fantastic so today we will be starting first with a quick voice note from the chairman about what he feels tottenham needs
1: hi guys joe here uh, chris has asked me to drop a voicemail with regards to tottenham's midfield situation um and a bit of overview of perhaps what um, improvements could look like. So obviously we don't have a sporting director or a manager, which means we're kind of uh, kind of groping in the dark in absence of either of those. So I'm going to go quickly go over um, where we're at at present. Um, Conte uh, instilled a very workmanlike midfield uh, with. Bentanco perhaps just offering a the smallest glimpse of, of anything resembling a creative intent. Um I'd say letting go of Tange and Delhi and La Celso and Harry Winks were were evidence of, of exactly what Conte wanted. Uh, he wanted the system to kind of reign supreme. Um which which mean, meant we were left with um five very similar profile players in, in Massar, Skip, uh Besuma, and uh, Bentenker. Kerr. Obviously Besuma um I don't know whether it was struggling to adapt initially, uh, but then he got injured. His cameo that he made on the weekend against Villa was was very promising. Um but primarily that crop of players is is a too limited in um i mean, in creative intent i'm always skeptical to to diminish people's technical ability um because evidently it is incredibly high but but a creative eye um is what we have lacked um in, in my opinion and if we are to start to play a more um, exciting brand of football um then we will have to change that profile um if we if we decide to play it safe and we stick with kind of a 3-4-3 three, three, then perhaps uh, Bentancur and Bissouma could offer um something of an upgrade on on what we have currently uh, I think Hoiberg has been played to death uh, I think it, there's there's significant limitations in his game and I think if we we perhaps went to a more expansive style of play um, I think those those limitations would be greater um Matassar is still very very green uh some good cameos uh and skip um skips a mixed bag actually because I, I i do believe there is some uh creative talent in there. I just feel like he's had it beaten out of him by conte um whether whether another coach can comprise that out of him I don't know um midfielders in absentia of winks Tangi, and loselso um, i think it'd be fair to let winks move on his contract ends next season um i would be very tempted to look at both of loselso and Tangi and Bailey again especially tangy um as i believe he has a lot of the profile uh, criteria that that we're looking for in ball carrying, um, forward passing, vertical passing, being able to beat a man in the press. Um, I think those things that, when you look for traits within more attacking, uh, midfield centric teams, uh, th- those are the ones that exist. So, um, whatever whatever didn't work, um, I would be tempted to revisit. Uh, they're also on contracts both him and Lascelles till twenty twenty five. So, either. You know, explore that. If not, I'm guessing they go on alone again, um, and see where we go from there. But whether whether there are additions to be made, um, and I've got a few names written down, but they are a bit. Um, what would Joe do as opposed to we have a we have a sporting director in mind and he's in position and and I could frame it around that so. Um, uh, the, the the players that I, I'd love to see within, you know, perhaps a three three person midfield. Um I, I would like to see Benton Kerr retain his position. I think Basuma could be um a, a great addition and that would leave a, a, an opening berth um if we perhaps played the four three three. Daishi Kamada um Really exciting player, as Seb will know from Frankfurt, uh, who said he's moving on. I don't think he's uh, signed for another team yet. Um, And I know he often plays in that um, kind of Dejan Kulisevski position, um, but whether he could be added into mix that'd be interesting. Uh, Tielemans, um, although he's gone off the boil a fair bit, um, I think he definitely offers some of the attacking intent and some of the uh, just a, a, again a different profile of attacking player that I think would benefit us. Um, Oh, I, I would love to see um, Eze um, be added into our side and I know he kind of gets I think the great thing about Eze is that I think he can play deeper I think his ability to to uh, to pick up the ball and run from deep and progress the ball could be something that could be really exciting um, I know he has the capability to play across the, the front three um, but whether he could play a little bit behind that um, I, I, I would love that Um I think Lavia from Southampton would be a good addition um perhaps one to bank and and build upon um but I I wouldn't necessarily throw him in straight away uh, but I think his his performances this season have been have been incredible uh, again very good at uh beating the press, kind of working the ball through, um, great close control. Uh and the other one is an Udinese player since we've we've got Destiny Udoji. I've looked a little bit at Udinese this season, but he's a German uh, by the name of Lazar Samardzic. Apologies for pronunciation. Um he's twenty one. He's had a very good season for Udinese. He plays kind of in a midfield three um and he's someone that I think could perhaps, yeah, could perhaps be a be a smart addition as well. Um I'd be really interested to to know perhaps what one of you guys think on formation and an addition. Um obviously we're not gonna have a major overhaul, we're realistic about that. So I think there will be quite a few that's that remain uh, so i think we'll maybe only see one or two additions in that midfield area and i think someone like benton kerr and basuma will be part of that starting 11 so i'll be interested to know what your thoughts are on if we could add a, another creative uh, player within that three uh who would it be um thanks very much hope this makes sense and uh here's to us appointing a sporting director and manager cheers now Forza JB.
0: So that was Joe sending in from uh, beyond the pod to give us his opinions on Spurs. Just some things we thought we'd like to pick up on. Um, obviously what we're going to say is dependent on pure speculation on who director of football may be and who the manager is going to be because we don't even have rumours on who these people are. So this is going to be a complete shot in the dark. It's going to be based upon um how malleable the solution is for whomever may or may not come in because right. like we said that like reports were talking about julian Nagelsmann, and then he said no um like it, nothing on what sport director openly. they're gonna be so yeah i think we'll pick up straight away with the idea that spurs need a creator and f- from my opinion i would agree i think if you look at who in the team are attempting the most progressive passes so uh, passes Um, that move the ball forward towards the opposition goal, 15 to 30 yards. Um, That's normally a good sign of creativity. Uh, The top four are centre-backs, Davison Sanchez, Clement Longley, Eric Dyer, Christian Romero. Um, That's not a good sign. If you look at things like shot-creating actions, in terms of regular plays, so somebody who's played more than 20 games, Harry Kane, Ivan Perisic, Kuliszewski, and then Richarlison, Doherty, and then you get to Hoiberg down the list and then it's a bunch of then it's Pedro Porro who's just come in 11 games fair enough and then Bentancur and we're talking 0.47 0.46 0.41 0.4 down to 0.3 in Longley in uh, in Bentancur sorry so there is a big void in creativity um I personally have some opposition against uh, Romeo Lavia has been very good for Southampton, but Southampton have averaged 45.1% possession and much of Levy's role throughout the time period has been more defensive-based than the creative one. That was been more James Ward-Prowse, um, more of those two plays later on when we talk about Liverpool. Um, so to ask a child to come in and have the burden of creativity and progressive action held upon him, I think is not the best use of resources. Um, I'm going to throw over to Anch or Anseb. It's it's evident that Tottenham's
2: midfield is lacking in a progression, be it through carrying or passing, and creation slash creativity, however you want to define that. Progression through carrying is a problem they could feasibly solve by trusting and building Yves Bissouma a bit more. I think he offers the team a lot of things that they need and was probably one of the biggest victims of working under Antonio Conte in very specific circumstances that didn't necessarily suit him as much as uh, other players. You have one or two players who could very well take up a, a sort of traditional pivot spot. I think Papsa is, has the the raw abilities to, to be a very good rangy sort of circulative pivot option. Uh, Skip has shown that as well, playing under Daniel Farke at Norwich, uh, did quite well there as a sort of circulating six. And Rodrigo Bentecourt is a good player who can offer you a lot of things, especially playing in a sort of eight role. Uh, so primarily you're looking at creative players in sort of advanced midfield.
0: Is there an argument to say that Pierre... Hoiberg could be a decent six, like looking at what he's done this season in terms of breaking up play and keeping it you know, fairly simple, fairly short distance, um, recycling the ball more than carrying anything. Is there an argument that if the Yves Basuma project doesn't work out like how it may be, you already sort of have somebody who is more inclined in that style of play? Probably, yeah. I mean, I think his primary role is the sort of circulating six player.
2: Um, although he has shown albeit in a very small sample size, uh, during the Euros with uh, Denmark, that he does also have a relatively good progressive back to him if he's in the right conditions to show it. Um, The problem with Hojbjerg is that A, he's been, as Joe said, played to complete death. Every single manager since he's come in has played him in almost every single game he's been available for. And that has taken a toll on him. That yep. is visible through the television, even. Yeah. Um, I think keeping him has merit, obviously, and um, I think his closest stylistic fit in the team would be Skip. So grouping those two together as a sort of primary pivot players would sort of secure that role for now. Uh, Bentenko and Bisuma would be more sort of progressive eight types that you could use in a variety of different roles, but there's nobody that could effectively play an advanced eight position or a 10. Nobody. Um, well, I think there's one the in-house... Yeah, I think there's one who's actually at the club right now who could fulfill that role, and that's uh, Dejan Kulusevski. Yeah. I think he does have the profile of carrying, ball striking, and creative instinct to effectively play that role. He he does, He looks like Kevin De Bruyne sometimes, the way he carries the ball. And I think there's merit in sort of going down that road long-term. I think he is more of an interior than an exterior player long-term, especially if you switch to a four. Um, but yeah. That would then necessitate somebody coming in on the right wing, which they don't have. Um, yeah. And of the on-loan players, Dombeley I don't think has a future at Spurs. And I don't think he has a future at many clubs in Europe because he's one of those players that necessitates a degree of freedom to be able to effectively play his game that not a lot of European teams are able to offer him consistently. I think Napoli has been able to sort of give him the right environment to thrive.
0: Albeit coming off the bench.
2: Yeah, exactly. He's not had the, the most playing time there. But I don't think any of the Premier League sides would be able to offer him the same degree of freedom to be able to really express himself the way he wants to be Los that's a different story i think he has all the necessary qualities to thrive in the premier league as a sort of advanced aid um question with him is a does he want to be at tottenham anymore b does tottenham want him slash the new coach want him i think he's a viable option for any incoming coach to say that uh he would like to work with Losso again
0: yeah hundred percent like like if you can convince him to stay and not go to Villa, which is what currently being linked with, it would be the solution in-house that you're looking for without having to spend money and you can focus on defensive issues and wide player forward, wide player issues that seem to be more pressing. Exactly, yeah. Um, what about Ansh, anything you want to add? Anything about the suggestions that, that have been put forward by Joe? I
3: think Seven you have summed it up perfectly because the hierarchical situation is not clear. There's not much that we can do here speculating about the players. And uh, the Spurs will have a hard time spending in the market anyway because they are not going to be in Europe. Period. So that's going to be a hard thing to a convince any player to come move to your club at in that situation. So you need to look in house, and if a coming in manager can look at all these different profiles of players that they have, reduce the load on Hoybeer that Service pointed out has been there for, from for quite a long time. And uh, to, and Dombele, I I agree with the part that that falls into a bit of a Paul Papa conundrum that you need to give them a sense of freedom that teams at this level and at least at the level that Spurs aspire to be at cannot afford him. So uh, it's something that is going to be hard for him to find uh, unless he can adapt to a system-based role, which again, not an impossibility, but we will have to see. At least there is a player there, a profile there that a manager may want to look at over the preseason and see whether something works out or not. So yes, options are there, different profiles are there of which a midfield, a competitive midfield can be built out of. What remains to be seen is whether Daniel Levy actually wants to go through with his idea of quote unquote free-flowing football or whether he again goes into a diametrically opposite uh, direction and appoint a pragmatist who then cancels out what he's saying in the media and then makes a complete hodgepodge of the situation. So I think uh, Spurs need to uh, to sort that out first and they have the in-house options should the need arise.
0: So those are our thoughts on Tottenham. We're going to quickly shoot through Chelsea because, as we know, in terms of midfield, what they're looking for and what they need desperately is a functional six as a pivot, and Enzo is not the answer. Um, they are probably looking at mo- getting rid of players more than coming in players, but we do feel that that is a necessity in that midfield for the future. Anch Seb, anyone come to mind that you think would be useful in terms of profile or age availability?
3: They could go back for Edson Alvarez as
0: they were trying to go last season. Okay, Seb's pulling a face.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to him. I'll come back to him in the United bit.
2: Chelsea, Chelsea are one of those that could, uh, that could merit Rom- uh, Romeo Lavia. Okay. I think he would actually fit there quite well.
0: Yes, yes, very good and very cheap. Good for good for financial fair play as well. Cheap pickup yeah somebody a little bit more destructive and homegrown yes of course yeah because only 19 mm-hmm. we like that romeo lavia to chelsea something like that more of a destroyer type than a progressor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: unlock some of the players that they have
2: although romeo lavia is fucking
0: incredible on the ball
3: yeah that that that's what i'm thinking like is he is he the, uh, the kind of player that will play the defensive side of a bird
0: yeah i mean that's what he has been doing at southampton yeah Right. I've got his numbers up here for for something completely different. Per 90s in a very bad Southampton side, 86% pass completion. That's pretty good considering 45% possession for the whole t- for the whole team. S- still for you know defensive side, still having one take on a game. Still completing two and a bit tackles a game. Cup one and a bit interceptions. 1.7 block. So like, for a team that was awful and got relegated, still putting up half-decent defensive numbers that you might be able to think for 30-40 million as a cheap, young option that might be a good thing for us Chelsea to do while we're trying to offload. And he just danced around Thomas Partey and Martin Odegaard a few weeks ago at the Emirates. Yeah. <laughs> danced around them. Right. With Romero Lavia being our suggestion, I think it's time we move on to Manchester City. and take it away.
3: So... Basically, the biggest issues that City have right now is not that how do we improve this, is that if someone is to leave, what, how exactly do we replace them? Now, the two players that are rumoured away are Bernardo Silva and he, uh, and the other one is Ilkay Gundogan. Now, Ilkay Gundogan looks like the likelier option because he is reaching that age where he'll, uh, his powers will start to wane. So, City will at least need to think of a long-term replacement option anyway. And uh, look at what Gundogan has brought to City over the past seven years. And one of the biggest things that he does is that he's one of those players who will always provide you a 7 out of 10 performance. So that is a level of consistency that also makes him prone to become one of those players that don't really get regarded that much. Because you have so many big performers in Mares, in Bernardo Silva, in uh, Kevin De Brauna, now you have, you have for yourself Alec Holland. Players like Gundogan don't really perform, but we have seen him performing all sorts of roles for Manchester City. He can sit in midfield, he can play that number eight role, interchanging positions with whoever's out wide on the left side. He has played also as an unconventional number nine. when City were having strikers issues, so it's a very hard profile to fill. So we are basically looking at a player who can play as a number eight. Um, he can uh, can do that positional interchange up, up uh, with up, uh, say Grealish or even Fordon on the left hand side, and can offer you that much flexibility and a player that can undertake the coaching instructions from someone who is as mad for as far as football is concerned as Guardiola. And the, the, the name that immediately jumps to me is and Mount. He has been called a teacher's pet uh, for a long time, and people t- take it as a bad thing. But in a Guardiola context, I don't think it would be a bad thing at all because he comes off as a player. We saw this under Tuchel as well that he picks on the instructions quite well. He was quite crucial in that three-four-two-one system, which helped Tuchel establish a mid-block in the middle. Of- so. There is a guy with very strong foundations in the midfield and he can take instructions quite well. He can do them to perfection uh, to at least an acceptable level week in, week out. Has a 7 out of 10 performance in him and is the kind of the closest replacement for Gundogan that I could immediately think of without having to risk a lot, without having to take much of a gamble. If we come to Bernardo Silva, again, Bernardo Silva is a player that has played as an 8. We saw earlier in the season, earlier in the year in fact, that he was playing as a left-back. We are looking at a player who is incredibly versatile, can play at all of these positions, and play to them in such a way that you would not think of him playing as any other position. The name that comes to my mind is not someone that uh, uh, Seb would uh, be very happy about, but immediately I think of that position and I think of Bukayo Saka because I I genuinely cannot think of someone who could do all of those roles and do all of those roles to that quality for... At least another ten, fifteen years. Like, like Bernardo does. He has the defensive acuity. He can play centrally. He can play out wide, and so uh, he can effectively play that role on the right-hand side that even Bernardo is doing right now. So these are two very simple answers. Bukayo Saka is not leaving Arsenal.
0: Yeah, to City. That's like okay. That 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 is the biggest uh like makes sense on football manager but like when you add the human aspect of football right? i agree with everything you said i just don't think the human is going to go to city right. i think it's more likely that they go in for someone like pedro Gonzalez. just like if he goes we'll get another guy who who what, what bernardo was at 24 25 we'll get him in we'll beat him
3: is pedro Gonzalez, is pedro Gonzalez a bernardo replacement
0: or more of a guandovato uh would be more of a bernardo replacement somebody who is versatile inside in the middle of the pitch deeper as well can play out wide in that wide interior position that pep likes to play thing lazy connection but like david silver he's nothing like david silver but like that idea of you've got an attacking midfielder playing in a wide starting role um you've also got somebody like phil foden who like hasn't played as much as
3: yeah yeah because, the way that Guardiola has coached him over the years, keep protecting him quite a lot, especially after Sancho moved out. So uh, there is no way for us to not know that he could not do that deeper role. Mm-hmm. So he he could do that. So they have enough solutions as well. But but if I had to choose between this and the improbability aspect, is put aside for, I would definitely have Saka over Phil Foden because I would rather Phil Foden played out wide. Personally, I like him playing either on the left or on the right when he's out wide rather the central areas.
0: Sorry. Put City to bed, move on to Newcastle?
3: Let's do it,
0: yep. We're going to move on to Newcastle, a team that will have Europe next year and might not have the squad depth to do Europe and maintain their position in the Premier League. We're going to go back over to Anch and see what he's come up with.
3: The primary primary thing that Newcastle United need is squad depth. And uh, they have a lot of players like Longstaff and Murphy that provide them that in that regard. Off ball work that we are asking that Eddie Haup is particularly praised for this season. And when you look at the fact that Newcastle United have been defensively very stout, A quality upgrade that immediately jumped for me for not only technical reasons but also in a way that he would be able to accommodate quite quickly into the side is uh, Lucas Paqueta now this is a player who coming from Flamengo played, has played deeper roles his off-ball work is exemplary and obviously we know that he's a very creative player but it's the defensive commitment that he provides that uh, immediately strikes to me that's something that uh, Eddie Howe would love to go for. He can play out wide if, uh, if asked, but it's his capacity to occupy the central areas that is more key. Both on the left and the right-hand side. This is something that he did for Lyon as well when he arrived in Europe. And the reason that I'm immediately going for him is the connection that he would have with Bruno Guimaraes and both and uh, Joelinton on the left-hand side. Because even Joelinton can play that role in the center of the park. But even when he started playing Hoffenheim, he would always be that player who would play off the left. So that is his area, playing on the left side. And to be able to ca- establish a, com- a communication between two Brazilian players, that is one thing. The kind of uh, project that Newcastle offers, playing for a club like Newcastle One Club City, the, they're recently under new under owners that are actually caring about the club. The Mike Ashley arise is a thing of the past. So that level of optimism co- combined by the experience that his compatriots are already enjoying. I think this is a kind of a link-up that would immediately result in a very fruitful relationship in the middle of the pitch. Technically, he is an upgrade over both the Longstar brothers and Jacob Murphy. They would come in handy as far as the, the squad depth is considered. But this is one player that immediately fills up a lot many roles. And that uh, the squad that is looking at the moment quite thin because they are only playing league matches, immediately starts looking uh, uh, quite interesting the, mom- the moment you add this one player. So, Lucas Pageta would be my immediate go. Quickly quickly sorry, just before you, you go
0: ahead. Do they get him out of West Ham? Like is can they get him out of out of West Ham?
3: They can. I think they can. I think they can. Because I think the one year experience he has had in the David Moyes is more than enough for us to warrant the question what exactly he's doing there in the first place. So it's it's one of those questions where I think that given the kind of project Newcastle could ask could offer him over West Ham, this is a very doable deal.
2: I do think it's important to say that A he's actually been very, very good for them recently, for, for West Ham. Yeah. He has been good. And sort of shown that he could fit in with Moise's sort of ideas. And secondly, that I don't think, seeing as though they're going to get quite a bit of money for the Declan Rice transfer, the inevitable one, that there, there's any necessity to let... Looks
0: As a as a as a replacement, is that somewhere where Tonge and Dombelli could go? No. Cool.
3: I think playing alongside Bruno Guimarães might not necessarily be the ideal player for him. Like he needs someone like Casimir or João Palinia. Cool. Like someone who is more of a player that can take care of the defensive responsibilities. Primarily of the defensive responsibility and just pass the ball on to him. Now, Bruno Guimarães offers a lot more creativity, yeah. he's more of a midfielder playing that deep. So I think that is a bit of a mismatch, not that it cannot totally happen. Again, we saw that uh, with Joe Willick as well, whose performances have improved over time, uh, over the past year and so. So it's it's again a gamble, but coming on to that gamble, but I think if you are going for a cheap gamble, once again, I would go for someone like Hussain Mawar, because again, his stock is really, really low because this is a club on the up, this is a project on the up, and he needs something like that in a moment where he won't get one. So I think even that, if you are going to make any kind of gambles in midfield, and again, we know about his creative tech capabilities, so, so that is, again, not something that he's lacking. So, again, a, a gamble option. But, but given that he already has Bruno playing there, I think it would be slightly easier to acclimatise him as well. So, yeah, again, one of those things.
0: Any any other options, maybe? Is there, is there a pickup like a James Ward-Prowse that might be able to fit that role? Somebody in, who might get relegated is that? Could a Yuri Tylman's come in and and be be option for rotation in that midfield? Is that something that we can envision happening? I mean, judging off
2: reporting, James Madison seems to be the one that Newcastle want to go for. I do think also they they need some depth in the deeper areas, and I think they could do worse judging by their team style, then uh, actually go for Scott McTominay from uh, from United. Also linked with him. Yeah, he's someone who fits their sort of ethos both on and off the pitch very, very well. And
0: I could see him doing quite well there if they go for him. Yeah, totally. And with that mention of Scott McTominay, we're going to move on to Manchester United, a team who Scott McTominay currently plays for, a team that he is providing... The solution to a problem that we think that they need to fix, which is midfield rotation when you can't play Eriksen, Fernandes and Casimeiro in the same team for as long as they have been. We're looking at Bruno Fernandes, who has nearly 5,000 minutes in all competition. Casimeiro, who missed six games due to suspension, didn't play at the beginning, came in late, still has managed to come up with 3,500 minutes. Christian Eriksen, who had a couple of months off, is at 2,800 and they are by far the best midfield trio that Manchester United have and it's been no surprise in my opinion that games have been getting worse and worse as the season has gone by as I believe those legs have become increasingly more tired 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 due to that lack of rotation and if I could have a magic one to go this is what I want at Manchester United it would be three brand new midfielders who are around the age of 20 to 24 because that is the next generation of midfield true that we're going to need what that looks like in reality I think I'm going to pass over to Ansh and see what he's come up
3: with so, what does United need primarily? I think they need a deep lying midfielder that can actually start do some kind of passing because Casemiro is not good in tight spaces. Casemiro, uh, as far as long passes are concerned, he's one of those players who will try 10 times, it will hit 4 times and it will look magnificent in transition, but it's not something that you can count on in the long term and given his age, given that he was essentially a cheat code acquisition in the summer anyway, they need that kind of planning right now. So. An immediate solution, let's say an answer that comes out to me is Ishmael Benassir. And the biggest doubt that I have with him is that uh, how his physicality aspect would translate in the Premier League immediately. Whether this is a, this is a kind of player that will need to play alongside Casemiro in the beginning of few games to see whether he can adjust his intensity immediately or whether it's going to take some time. The reason is that he's very good on the ball. He's press resistant and uh, he he can, he is a much better passer of the ball than casemiro is so the kind of uh, football that we saw eric ten have wanting to play in pre season and over the first two games against brighton and brentford i think this is a player that fits his profile much more than casemiro does so that is my first and foremost option like if you are if you if the owners stay and you have nothing else to go for to try to see if the Benasai deal can get done, and if it cannot be get done, then maybe we'll need to find some cheaper options. If Leicester do go down and it's looking very likely, I would not mind getting Wilfred and DD in, uh, because he has been error prone, he has been injury prone. More importantly, but uh, we need to keep in mind, we need to keep in mind that Casimiro needs a replacement. And another very likely shout that is available for him is uh, João Palinia. I think he could happen as well. Cannot see him staying for Fulham for too long. Even Fulham at, at the time of signing him were like they were a bit surprised that they were actually allowed to go for him and another big six club did not come. So it might happen this season itself. has uh, just pointed out that Pinasa did his knee. I can still see this move happening. Because if he's out for a year and if United can get any kind of scouting done, I think if he's available on a relatively inexpensive deal, I think he's definitely one to go for. He's one of the finest deep-lying midfielders going around in Europe that can play the ball out from the back. So if Ten Hag is looking to move on from this compromise of a setup that he had this season and look to move, looking to move ahead, then that is an option. Now, when we talk about ball progressors, we know that the question: Eriksson is is a good midfielder. He's a good playmaker. He can pass, but he cannot. He has issues carrying the ball. Fredge is a very good ball carrier, but he cannot pass for, for the life of him. He he tries to play the hero ball game, and he has been much better this season because he's been asked to play in a position that is more suited to him. But we do need a replacement over him. We do need an upgrade, and uh, this is something that we discussed in pre-recording that one of the players that I do believe, I also believe that can play a deeper role and occupy this, this position for United is Eberici As I think his his ball-carrying ability is something that we see if we can weak out. It's absolutely magnificent. He's a wizard on the ball. And I think that alongside someone like Casemiro who can take care of the defensive responsibility, he can totally play that role. Creatively, United will have a solution for them. Uh, whether it translates up, uh, from a defensive standpoint, I think it's something that we will, we will have to see. But that is a doable gamble if there is one. And and uh, Mount, again, I pointed out for City, I think it's a solution that will work for us as well. What I fear, however, is that what Ten Hag's policy was last season, uh, I think the kind of players we are going to continue looking out for this season are again the same. The, the former IX players, I, I can see us getting linked with that San Alvarez Ryan Gravenberg. And uh, Hakim Ziyech, who I don't think would be a uh, would be the most terrible option, but that is again what I can see uh, happening once again in the summer. That then I would just want his former players to uh, join him at the at the club.
0: So that is a very legitimate thing because you know you have what I believe a, the club will be looking at, like a Moises Caicedo, somebody that they were linked with when he was originally in South America, who is reportedly open for to a move um we have the eric ten hag base links of old players used to play for him i mean graven birch for 30 million as a gamble i don't think it's a bad idea and 30 million is reportedly what bain are okay to accept because they got him for undervalue um the season before as far as that goes it's, you know it's not horrible um you have people like romeo Lavia. Uh, again, who is a very Manchester United thing to do and just be like, oh, well, he was quite good. We'll just go spend like 40 million on him. Because again, we're unsure about what the recruitment policy is. But from there, we'll move on to Brighton. Already linked with losing one of their better players, Alexis McAllister, uh, Mahmoud who is coming in on a free transfer. I'm going to pass over to Seb, who is our Brighton and Arsenal specialist.
2: All right, so before we can think about who might be coming into Brighton, we must first understand how Brighton play uh, Roberto De Zerbi come in and uh, has instilled a extremely distinctive sort of tactical philosophy into the team. And the main function of the central midfielders are essentially to create third man options slash uh, first receiving options, pass it back to the other centre back, and then move from there in deep build-up. um it's pretty obvious that they're probably going to lose both McAllister and Moises Caicedo this offseason. Roberto Zerbi has hinted at as much in his post Arsenal press conference, uh, which would leave them with Billy Gilmore, who has sort of got Roberto Dezerbi football over the last few weeks and has sort of finally been integrated into the team after sort of grasping the entirety of his skill set and Pascal Gros who is Roberto De Desabi's most trusted individual player considering he can play a multitude of different roles within that system so what we're looking for are deep players who can receive on the half turn who can have a very good short passing game, comfortable in tight spaces, and technically secure. Both James Milner and Mahmoud Dahoud have already signed. I think James Milner is an interesting one. I assume his main function in the team is A, experience, and B, more playing the right back role than playing in the double pivot itself. And Mahmoud Dahoud, who will slot in immediately into the double pivot, he's An interesting player, he's primarily a pivot-slash-second pivot, who's very good in tight spaces, very good on the turn, and a great ball carrier with a good passing game, so covers most of the things that Deserby would like. The main thing that we're missing here is someone who can replicate, at least somewhat, the defensive output Moises Caicedo has had in the Brighton team while also retaining technical security to be able to play in that system functionally. And who I've landed on here is uh, a tidy 21-year-old midfielder from Fluminense called Andre. He's their sort of primary anchor player in a very, very anti-positional fluid system so Andre is basically their first receiver out of the back line. Uh he's averaging about 75 passes per game over the last year in the Brazilian top flight at a 92.5% clip. Is an extremely good dribbler of the ball. 2.11 successful take-ons per game. Extremely good at sort of turning out of pressure through a, a man or two and then releasing the ball on. Uh, good progressive numbers and crucially, he's his off-the-ball work is quite good. Three tackles and interceptions per 90 isn't exceptional, but his reading of the game and quality in duels indicates that he could feasibly replicate Kai sato's role to a good degree and he's already been linked with premier league roles i think he was linked with nottingham forest in january which he turned down they then went for danilo who's also quite good he would be available at about 20 million i suppose and i think brighton with their track record of developing young south american talent would be best placed to convince more uh, convince andre
0: to sort of take the step into europe does he come in as a starter or does he come in and get loaned out to Gilois and then in a season come and play for them?
2: His performances over the last year and a half indicate that he's ready to take the jump in Europe and be an immediate starter in the team and that's what they need essentially. They can blood in Billy Gilmore and blood in Kaspar Kozlowski who's coming back from his loan at Vitesse who's an interesting young Polish midfielder but their primarily defensive midfielder needs to be someone who can slot in immediately and I think André is more than capable of immediately coming in.
0: Yeah, cool. So we move on to Arsenal. Arsenal finished second after effectively being ahead of their plan, ahead of where they thought they were going to be this season. It is a successful season. Don't let the narrative make you think otherwise. This is a successful season for Arsenal Football Club. And it'd be interesting to see where Seb thinks they can build, whom they can move on, whom they can improve on, who needs cover in that midfield that has been quite successful so far, even though it has dipped off towards the end. So we're going to pass it over to Seb. Off you go. So there are two possible solutions to go to the next level in midfield. Both involve
2: signing two players. That's pretty much what's been recorded now. Uh, and both involve, in some way or another, Declan Rice, who's obviously been the number one transfer priority, and it seems like he's coming to Arsenal for a significant fee. Now there are two different ways of using Rice in the Arsenal system. He could either be a replacement for Shaka in the sort of eight position on the left, or for Thomas Party in the six role. Um, and seeing, and it's important to see. Where Arteta sees him long term to then defer who the second option is going to be. Because there's two ones that have been linked quite heavily and seem to make sense in the circumstances of the system. One is Mason Mount, if you want to play Declan Rice deeper, as I would personally like to see happen, Mason Mount would be a perfect sort of left eight slash right eight, aid, depending on where we uh end up using Udegore long term because we've because Arteta's been reticent to use a non-left foot on the left side of the aid for sort of angle purposes and balances purposes. Uh, but that's a different uh, story. So Mount offers the physical and work rate requirements to drop back into the pivot and uh drop back into defensive transition and fill those roles, while also being a more nimble, more creative, and uh, scoring-wise, a better fit for the role than Shaka was, even though he did fill that role very ably. Um, The other thing that... uh, the other possible solution would be uh, Moises Caicedo as the other option, which would then see Declan Rice being the long-term solution at the eight. While having Caicedo there, not just as a long-term Thomas Party replacement, which he is definitely good for to do from the moment he comes in, he also offers incredible positional versatility. He's someone who could feasibly fill in at the 8 role, who could feasibly play the 6 to a high standard, as well as playing both fullback positions in the way they're currently being played, to a very, very high degree. Um... So, deciding between those two plus Mount... Uh, sorry. Deciding between one of Kaiseido or Mount plus Rice seems to be the viable and sort of best long-term options for Arsenal. While also keeping in mind, 2 in-house solutions that are here and don't get the attention they probably deserve. One is Emile Smith-Rowe who should be getting more minutes than he is. A lot of his... Lack of minutes this season has been down to uh, injury and sort of a big operation to fix an ongoing issue that he had for over a year. Um, But his profile, his carrying ability, his incredible ball striking uh, lead him to be a system breaker eight, And while also having a physical profile to be able to fill in deeper in sort of off-ball situations as well, um, and the other option is probably the closest stylistic parallel we have to Chaka and the team, and that's Charlie Patino, who just spent the year out on loan with uh, Blackpool, and has shown himself quite well there. What stands out with Patino is his—he's v- a very, very, very good dual winner and dual partaker. He—he's very good in those situations, while also. Uh, possessing the required technical abilities, both in carrying and passing, to be able to fill the, the left eight role very well. Um, considering the sales, we would then be left with a midfield of Rice, Jorginho, Caicedo, Emil Smith Rowe, Charlie Patino, Martin Ludikar, and mm-hmm. Fabio Vieira, who would then finally get to be where he fits best, and that is being a sort of understudy to Martin Odegaard, and someone who should primarily play on the right-hand side of those midfield places uh, just fits him best with angles, as well as <clears throat> alleviating deep build-up from him, which isn't his strength. He's a far more vertical final pass player
0: than even Martin Odegaard is. With Vieira, has he struggled a bit when he's come in? He has, yeah. I've not seen what was sold at the beginning of the season. He
2: struggled somewhat with his physicality, which is obviously He's a quite nimble player, but he's also lacked minutes to show himself sort of sustainably. And the two times he's come in as the left eight, uh, so far, Grand Chaka uh, have been against Southampton and against Bournemouth, both of which are games, which were free games because in both situations, Arsenal conceded within a minute. So that sort of turns game dynamics on its head, and yeah. it's far more uh, hard to judge how a player does in a role he hasn't played before. Yeah, of course. So we don't actually know how good he would be there. Um, <clears throat> but there are also glimpses of how good he could be. Uh, especially the Brentford game early on in the season that we won. Th- um, showed how good he is. His final ball is excellent. He his, his technique when striking the ball is probably the best in the Arsenal team. Uh, he just needs to sort of solidify himself
0: and gain more minutes in spaces he's comfortable in. Definitely. Any thoughts from you two? Um, thoughts? <laughs> I think that there's a lot of in-house solutions available. I think that that granite jacker role is probably one of the easiest. Like you could outsource. There's a couple of plays in Spain. You're looking at um, Gabi Vega. You're t- looking at Alex Bayena at Villarreal. There's lots of like young-ish midfielders that can kind of do decent ball progression, decent carrying progression with the ball, um, decent amount of passing rotation. So. Although I'm always in preference of trying to give a kid that you've got in your academy system an opportunity, if it does go wrong further down the line, there are options available. In the same way that, like, if the Vieira situation doesn't go wrong, there's again in La Liga you have Takafusi Kubo and you have Kang Ying Lee can play wide, can play ten, who um, a left foot so you can switch, you can switch the triangle, so you can have that to guard role on the left-hand side sometimes to try and make it a little bit less predictable against um, different opposition. So there are like market solutions that are there. Um, I definitely see them going like you say more in-house. That makes sense, especially with the out- financial outlay with the players that they are linked with. Like it might not, it might be a case of we have to go in-house this year, and then if it doesn't go, we have more money next year if we continue to stay in the Champions League and whatnot. But you know. Big, big money on like a Casado, and big, big money on a Rice. Yeah. Like, and then if you want a mount, that's big-ish money between the salary, because he's gonna want to be compensated, because that's part of the reason why yeah. he would hypothetically be looking to leave Chelsea. So I think with other issues in the squad as well, like the, the ability to think intelligently is is what will be needed.
2: Yeah, and the goal is essentially to have like eighteen players that could fulfill different functions and are just at a technically very good level, and Rice and Mount slash Kaisei or whoever you want to go for fill that, and then you just have to fill it up with players you have in house because Smith Road Patino both played in the Arsenal Academy and are sort of entrenched in the sort of also technical ability that sort of you you're required to have when you come through Hale End. Uh, while also both being versatile somewhat, Patino less so, but Emma Smith Rowe is someone you can plug in in four or five different places in that squad. Definitely, definitely.
0: Anything for you, Anch? Oh uh,
3: no, nothing. No, I've just I just hope that we get to see Rice as a six and not as an eight. Just just a personal preference of mine. If he does move
0: to Arsenal. Uh, the, the thing is though, like he's been linked. Every bit of media, every bit of coverage has been him talking uh, talking about him as an eight. I don't see... Although I agree with you, and like when he plays for England, like that is the type of role that he does play. Yeah. I think that there's too much coverage to suggest that that's where he'll end up. I, do,
2: I, I, I think, though, that a lot of the coverage stems from him playing that role for West Ham, currently. Totally. And totally. He, he plays that not because it's his best role, but because they need him to
0: be that player because he's their best player, right? Yep, definitely. To finish up, we're going to talk about Liverpool, a team who, at the beginning of the season, clearly needed midfield rotation, midfield blooding in. They're due to lose James Milner, Naby Keita, and Oxlade-Chamberlain. That is a combined 2,108 minutes in all comps, half of which is James Milner. Major priority number one needs to be a Fabinho upgrade or cover. Fabinho this season has played to 3,173 minutes He's only getting older, and their next replacement in house is Stefan Bejačić at 18. And I think somebody who could come in, who could help build possession, high amount of pass attempts, high amount of pass completion, while also having decent amount of intercept and tackles. Now, Ruben Neves was supposed to leave by all accounts at the end of last season. Didn't so. A year later, in a Wolves side at just about 50% possession, high attempts, passing circulator good interceptions, good blocks. I don't know what the fee would be. It's somebody that they've clearly liked because they've been linked with. And I think at the age of 20, 26, is a good halfway house between the youth coming in and the players of experience that are leaving. I think another position that they need is the Jordan Henderson replacement and takeover. And I believe that's where they see Alexis McAllister coming in somebody who is intelligent enough to fill in the gaps if Trent does go beyond, because Trent does end up in the box at times. He does end up really high, and they need someone to fill in that space. And somebody who himself can do that, get into the box, receive in the box, rotate the point of attack around the 18-yard box when Trent is filling in in that double pivot inversion that he, that they've taken to doing in recent recent weeks. That is somebody who fits that idea perfectly, somebody who we saw do very similar things with Messi, similar interaction, somebody who we know is very good on the ball, somebody who can create assists, can create progressions by carrying by passing a good all-round player for that position however there is talks of, from Mr Romano that that might not be the case and to look out for that move to Chelsea which if that does go ahead a, uh, a way that they could counteract that could be a James Ward Prowse pickup somebody to fill that role for two three years while their youngsters develop and gain more experience it's not an ideal situation I think that the problem with Liverpool is that they have three young players 22 20 and 20 which we'll get on in a minute and an 18 year old who are all highly touted to be very very good but not quite enough to be starting for that side and you wouldn't want to trust the midfield that contained both of them like they did at the beginning of the season they had problems and they weren't as successful as they could have been and thirdly, and this is where I think the youngsters fit in, you have a Thiago Alcantara problem. Again, somebody who is a fantastic footballer, but has only mustered 1,800 minutes in all comps. Again, has fitness issues and clearly, clearly does amazing work for Liverpool when he is fit. I think this is where your Curtis Jones and your Harvey Elliotts fit in. Fantastic numbers in past completions, fantastic numbers in progressive carries fantastic numbers in progressive passes take ons great in-house progressors great in-house connectors that are willing to press the ball are willing to do defensive actions um, for Curtis Jones is tackling, for Javier it has been blocking. I think that is a good in house solution considering the Fabinho replacement, again, is a Ruben Neves who, yes, will be cheap ish, but will still be a 50, 40, 50, 60 million pound deal. And we know the Alexis McAllister, if it goes through, is a 70 million pound deal. And this is a club that is forever pleading poverty, at least in the press. So, an ability to spend wisely and buy yourself time for your young talent to develop, I think, is key especially if Klopp is going to stay short to medium term because the attackers that they've bought have been 22 23 24 so it's clear it's a rebuild that is needed at the club and the midfield are the last portion of that rebuild do you think Room Neves
2: has the requisite defensive ability to fulfill that sort of Fabinho role ably yes because someone else they've been linked with, with who I find a very interesting solution for them is Manuel Ugarte from yes Sporting who would fit that role quite well.
0: Yes, 100% he would do. Somebody who played in a side with similar dominance in Primera Liga with 63.5% possession, somebody who does show an acumen at regaining possession, whether it's through tackling blocks or interceptions. Somebody who showed high levels of pass completion and high levels of attempted passes. Somebody that would be good at picking up the ball and distributing it throughout the more creative players in the squad. Definitely an option. I only worry about how much sporting one. And I think that if you're already spending big on, on a one player and you, let's say you have another 70 million, then you might think about doing business in other positions if you think you need that. I think that if you're going to spend 50, 60, 70 on a young kid who could look like he's going to, he could do it. When you have an academy player at 18 and Stefan Bacic in that position, who you've already given 500 minutes to this season, I think that isn't, that is not very good long-term planning. And I think a 26-year-old who's been in the league, who is a very good professional, who fits into your culture well, for less money is better in the long term, counting for the fact you've got a youth player that you clearly fancy. And, and there is a, genu- a genuine uh, discussion about Trent long-term future as a midfielder. I don't think it's going to happen, but like, I'm not the be-on-and-end-all on tactical understanding. Like it's, it's a legitimate thing that all of a sudden he could become that wide right progressor in the midfield three who connects play, who distributes it for, to the forwards, who then gets involved in and around the box. And then you're talking about trying to find a half decent right back to fill in that role in the future. So I think they need quality for four years max. That's what they need and then gives them good opportunity with the youth that they have. Yeah, I think that's fair. Go on, Ansh
3: three weeks, they have already started inverting uh, k- Trent into the midfield and they are setting up with a back three. And uh, if Avinio is the the player that is play-on-play alongside Trent in midfield, it build up. If it's not going to be a, a role where you find yourself ending up alone, I think Hovindes can definitely fill that role because he has done that while playing along with Jean Moutinho at uh, Wolves so uh, I think in this setup you are looking at midfielders who can do the playmaking ability a lot more and less carriers because I think if Liverpool are going to play up high and have this 3-2 defensive base your carrying ability in your front line is taken care of but I think it's the passes that um, quick passing that needs to be taken care of a bit more because Chago has suffered injury issues putting Fabinho's single uh, this season has not worked out and I think Klopp mentioned this, uh, I think on Monday Night Football, recently in his interview, he said that we had to adapt because it was not working what they were working with beforehand. So it's something to keep in mind. And I think one player that immediately comes up to my mind, it's a very random shout, just came in, but who could play on the left, on the right of that midfield, and he could sit, even sit alongside Trent, if need be, is Fajanodz Kan Gankuchka. And because I have not seen him play all the time, I have uh, I saw subst- substantial amounts of clips of him on YouTube, and the thing that stood out for me was that he's a very clean tackler of the ball, and uh, he has the playmaking abilities. He can play on both the left and right side of the pitch, and he can offer you the midfield, uh, the defensive discipline as well as the playmaking capabilities that Liverpool require in the two eights. When you look at the three-two-three-three-three-two-two-three three, 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 two, two, three system that they end up uh, ending with. In the current uh, experiment, they are trying out. So uh, Trent is already sitting a lot centrally uh, uh, now. In the recent performances that we have seen for Liverpool, so they they need their wide aids to become playmakers. And Fabio uh, Javi Elliott are very precocious kids, and they could evolve into that one. But they do need that that mature. Uh, personality, someone of 24-25 years old, like you pointed out. Hovendev immediately fits that. And Erkan Kuchka is, uh, as far as profile is considered, someone of his ilk, I think would fit that role on either side of those dates.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think with that, thank you very much, Seb. Thank you very much, Ansh. We've been Jogobonito. Follow us on the socials at Jogobonito UK. Take care and have a wonderful evening. Bye all.